Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And uh, you'll be pleased to know that I'm going to get quite ranty over the course of this week's um, this week's instalment because I found myself getting a bit ranty about quite a few things through the course of the week. So um, I would buckle up uh, and and expect a little bit of uh, a bit of, a bit of grumpiness um, through the course of uh, of the pod. But I think with you know I think with good reason. Um, so. Um, the guitar might be the calmest bit you get over the course of the podcast. So enjoy the guitar because it could get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more irate after that. Monday. So we decided we'd go shopping. Uh, as a family in fact the first time we've been out I think as a family shopping since the beginning of lockdown uh, and it mainly came from the fact that you know there were a few ba- basics were needed and trainers were needed and a few other things so uh, we thought right well, we'll, we'll, well we were all around um, and so we made the decision we'd go over there's a shopping outlet over in Castleford and uh, has the advantage of being outdoors so uh, we you know we've got all the things we needed in a fairly compact space and obviously in between going in and out of stores it was going to be uh, it was going to be an outdoor experience which which we all felt more comfortable with um, so we went over there and we got there early uh, we were there sort of 15 minutes before it opened and the place seemed like it'd been relatively well you know set out in terms of how they wanted people to behave and where to walk and walking on left and right and you know places for queuing outside stores and the stores all were marked up with the number of people they would allow in and all those kind of things and and so initially at the first glance it looked like it would um it would be as an enjoyable an experience as it could be because you know I'm certainly still very uncomfortable going out. I've got to the point where I'm quite happy with the supermarkets now, but I'm still not happy with with other stuff. Um, and it became very evident very quickly that there were, there were there were lots of flaws in the way this had been done. And I'm now concerned that we'd we've gone through processes of doing risk assessments and all those kind of things and taking guidance and, and looking like we're ticking boxes when actually in reality what we're doing is we're we're not managing behaviour. We're setting a structure up and then we're letting people behave however they want to behave when they're there. So I found myself going round knowing that these sort of, it's like a big circle. And basically the um, you know pedestrian area is sort of 25, 30 feet across. So it's perfectly wide enough. Um, and yet people weren't walking on the left or the right. Uh, in terms of which direction they were they were supposed to be going, and I found myself very very quickly getting quite annoyed and saying things out loud, you know, to anybody that would listen because it was it was it was obvious that unless people actually took note of what they were supposed to be doing, that they were going to be walking across each other's paths. Everybody's walking against each other in terms of where they're supposed to be, and we were making it far more difficult to social distance and far more difficult um, to. To kind of deal with um, the environment than it than it should have been, and over the course of the the couple of hours, sort of three hours, we were there, and we didn't we didn't end up staying very long because you know we were all getting quite uncomfortable. And I think th- this is probably the the root of this. I think depending on who you are and what you've done in the last few months depends on how comfortable. So if you've been going out because you've been working in retail all that time, by now you're probably quite blasé about it all. But we haven't been out a lot. 
And it was the first time, you know, the, the kids had been anywhere in all that time. And certainly uh, my eldest was, was, was quite nervous about it all. And what didn't help then was that the behaviour of some people wasn't great. But more importantly, the, the place itself, which had put all the infrastructure in place and all the stores, which had put all the signage up and this, that and the other, were making no effort to manage people inside their, their individual stores. So he queued up to go in the Nike store. And that was great, but once you got inside the Nike store, people were just everywhere. There was no there was no management within the store, so people were pushing past you, and nobody was following any of the the sort of the route around the store and all those kind of things. And what it meant was we felt very vulnerable and we felt very uncomfortable. And I think we've got to look at this and go, well, look, you've it's not about the rules you put in place. You could have actually have put rules that weren't as stringent and markings that weren't as stringent, you've actually got to, you've got to police it. You have to take responsibility for the space. So the people who own the space need to take responsibility for everybody walking around outside and be, be guiding them so they, they, so we train behavior. And people in stores need to not assume that people will behave properly, but actually say, you know what, if you're coming in my store, you're going to have to be, behave a certain way. And if you can't, then we're going to we're going to throw you out because you've got to go on what makes the most uh, the person who feels most vulnerable safe rather than just what some people who might have decided that covid's a load of nonsense um you know it, it doesn't care what they they're like it's what are people like me and my family feeling and, and what we felt was really 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 uncomfortable so I think we've got a long way to go because if we have to, if we're going to be living with this for a long time, and and everything is pointing towards living to, with this for years, then we need to do a much better job of 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 training ourselves and behaving in a way that is that is, I, I guess, um, with the security and the safety of others far more in mind. <laughs> I did something today that I haven't done for 32 years. Um, and it's basically pretty much broken me, um, as often is the case for things that you haven't done for 32 years. But the thing that I hadn't done for 32 years was actually put on a pair of cricket pads and grab a, grab a pair of gloves and a bat and go and do some time in the cricket nets. So um, my eldest son plays a lot of cricket and um, we've, not, we've been talking about getting out to the nets and I've been with him in the past and, and, and bowled, but he needs, you know, he wanted to practice both bowling and batting. So he needed some, he needed a piece of, you know, a, a piece of meat to bowl at. So I became the piece of meat that, that he could hurl a, a, you know, a hard red ball at. Um, and I, uh, with a little bit of trepidation, uh, whilst at the same time thinking, well, he's you know he's only he's only thirteen, he can't be throwing it that hard down at me. I'm I'm going to be fine. It's not a not a major problem. Um, and I didn't have a helmet. And, and and I mean, when I was playing cricket, you know, you didn't have helmets. But now everything everything you know, everybody has a helmet now, and it's all part of the whole thing. And there's shoulder pads and thigh pads and. Not shoulder pads, um, arm pads and thigh pads and what have you. But I just had a pair of pair of pads and a um, gloves and a bat uh, and a box and a box. And um, and I have to say, um, 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. But, man, you forget what it's like for somebody to bowl the cricket ball at reasonable speed down at you. Because when that first ball came down, after persuading myself it was going to be fine because it's only my 30-year-old son, how hard can it be? Yeah, I moved out of the way of the first one fairly quickly. Um, and it was, uh, you know, the, those first few deliveries... And for any of the, the, the cricketers, in fact, if Ginger Gleds is listening, everything was off the back foot, Gleds. No way could I get my front foot to go near the pitch of the ball at all. Um, but I survived. I survived, um, you know, um, sort of 30 minutes worth of, worth of deliveries coming down and, uh, and, and bowled for sort of half an hour, three quarters of an hour. And other than, other than the fact that I can't move, um, it was quite an enjoyable experience. The only thing I had forgotten is the experience of being chafed by a cricket box. So the one thing you uh, you forget about that comes back to you very quickly is 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 the the unfortunate sensation of the rubbing uh, of of a box. It's not something I, uh, I I'd, I'd be in a rush to go back to. <laughs> So we finally got the Russia report published today, uh, and this is the thing that's been um, that, that's been sat in somebody's in tray for a year, uh, and it was supposed to have been um, published before the last general election. So uh, it's been sat, maybe not a year, but certainly it's been it's been it's been sat there waiting for publication for quite a while, and um, most people thought that the report would contain information um, that somehow suggested that the Russians had had dealings or had, had interfered with um, elections and particularly had interfered with the Brexit uh, vote, with the, the referendum uh, about um, the in-out referendum about Europe. Now, obviously, as everybody's aware, I have very strong feelings about Brexit and I think it's an absolute act of lunacy and, uh, and and as time goes on I don't feel any more comfortable with the, the Brexit as an outcome if anything I feel far worse um, so um, the, obviously there's a lot of people who who feel the way I do that were very anxious to see what came out of the Russia report um, because I think we've suspected that this is one of the factors in play that, that helped Brexit. But in reality, you know, I, I think I misread the importance uh, of, of this particular document because I was linking everything to how it affected the referendum. And actually what I've learned this week is, and I should have picked up on this far earlier, um, is that all Russia is trying to do uh, and all states like Russia are trying to do is destabilise democracies. So the Western democracies are under attack from the likes of Russia and China and lots of other countries who just want to destabilise because the world is easier for people like that if the Western democracies are uh, in a state of flux. So they don't care. They don't care... Who wins in a referendum? They don't care what happens with Scottish independence. But what they do care about is everything being in turmoil. So in the Scottish referendum, in the Scottish referendum, they would be very much trying to um, encourage the uh, independence. 
because that brings about turmoil and change. And Brexit is a perfect example of bringing around turmoil and change. And then the country is wrong-footed. The country is 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 out of kilter or out of stride. Um, so it's as easy for Russia to spread information undermining, um, you know, Europe as it is to spread information supporting Jeremy Corbyn. If the thought was that Corbyn posed a risk to um, to the normal running of the country. And I think there was a lot when you when the report came out, there was a big kind of rush from the Brexit side of the argument as if to say, look, there's, there's nothing to see here. The Russians did not have an influence on the, you know, the, the result was not as a, as a result of Russian interference. And of course, to say that the Brexit result was, was because of Russian interference would have been a huge leap. The point is that we as a country have not been looking and for a long period of time now, we have had countries like Russia just trying to destabilise, using things like Facebook and social media to throw lots of information out there that, under, that, that undermines, you know, sensible opinion and just makes it easier for more extreme opinion to become the norm. And the fact is, that's where we've, I think that's where we find ourselves now. It's harder to find your way th- through the stuff that is sensationalist and fake. And we end up with a situation where it's virtually impossible to say what is and isn't true. And therefore you accept new ideas and you accept new, you know, more extreme behaviour as kind of, well, that's all it's ever going to be. And yet in reality, we need to hang on to our democracy and get back to behaving in a more sensible way and not just accepting a lot of the stuff that we're seeing. So I think it was an important week this week, but my concern really is that we're not going to... um, we're not going to take on board the findings of the report and we're not going to do anything about it. And what's up for grabs ultimately is the democracy that we've all grown up through. So I'm more scared now having seen the report, even though it didn't answer the initial thing I was thinking, which was all about Brexit. I'm now far more concerned that actually moving forward, more and more of our democracy is going to be ebbed away because we're going to ac- we're going to accept more and more. <laughs> The debate about the BBC is going to continue to rumble. And I know I've talked about the BBC before and, and I'm a big fan of the BBC and we've had this conversation and I think I talked about it with regard to lockdown and some of the educative, educative content that was provided and how great that was and who else would do that job in a world where the BBC does things full spectrum um, because it has a responsibility as a public broadcast service broadcaster. Um, but I want to go back and just talk about um, how good just its drama output is. And by that, uh, and it, and it came, came home to me um, because I've started watching Spooks again um, and I'd forgotten how good Spooks was. So, I mean, there's about 10 series of Spooks and it was, you know, if you go back to when it first came out, it was, you know, it was absolutely the show of the day. So it was The Killing Eve or it was the, you know, whatever it might have been at the time. Uh, it was, it was, it was must watch, um, television. And, um, and I'd forgotten a, how, how good the cast was. Um, and B, how brutal some of the storylines were. 
Uh, and I remember being shocked at the time by what is the second episode where uh, there's a scene where uh, they're being um, sort of tortured. A couple of the, the agents are being tortured. Um, and one agent who's on her first uh, field op um, has her arm um, thrust into it, uh, her arm first and then a face thrust into a deep fat fryer. And um, and there was nothing in the first episode that prepared you for how brutal that was going to be. And the normal run with things like that of drama is that when something as horrific as that is is offered as something that could happen, the chances are it it, it normally doesn't. And bearing in mind how how old Spooks is, and I don't know when this was was done, but it's it's a while. We're going back a while. Um, then for that moment to have been played out the way it was played out, as brutally as it was as, as done, and almost as matter-of-factly as well that it was that it was executed, it was some testament to how groundbreaking this show was when you know when it it, it first hit the screens. So um, in a world where we just assume that it's Netflix or Amazon Prime that give us that kind of drama um, and that kind of you know edge of your seat drama then to watch that again and be reminded how good something like that from the bbc is and then of course you start looking back you know through the iplayer and thinking there are some there's some really really fantastic stuff on here and actually in reality my license fee isn't much different to what i pay for netflix or for prime and yet i'm getting a you know an incredible amount of stuff on top um i think it's I don't know. I, I just think it's worth every once in a while stopping and going, do you know what? Something like Spooks is as good as anything that's on any of the, you know, the the the, the pay-per-view um, providers. And something like The Thick of It or something like Fleabag or something like 2012 or W1A is as good as anything that's on, on those platforms as well. Um and then when you look at how much BBC content finds its way onto Netflix as well, you realise how how high they've set that that particular bar. So yes, maybe we do. Um, maybe there is a desire to see the BBC compete in a space the same as everybody else. But I think every once in a while it's worth just doing that surf through iPlayer just to see really how they've got their stuff together and what they're actually producing friday okay so there we have it and it was a bit ranty and i did say that at the outset and i apologize it was a bit ranty and a bit like last week where i was feeling a little bit down and it just happened to then be that the color of the episode on my software was blue then the color on my episode for this week is red and that maybe just point to maybe just points to the fact that I was a little bit more agitated through the course of this week than uh, than 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 in the same way I was a little bit flatter last week. Next week is pink. I don't know what that's going to mean um, and how that's going to what what that means will come out of 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 next week. But but certainly red did seem to be the right colour for this week. Um, what I think I'll do is I'll leave I'll leave you with something a little bit like more lighter um because i found myself today doing something that i recommend um to all of you if you get chance and and i'll give you the website i i 
um, sort of found this on, but I'm sure there's plenty of others you can do it on. Um, you know, Primark would, actually Primark, I've got a website, but somebody like Primark would spring to mind. But I was on the Sports Direct website and I happened to click on the sales section. And I then clicked on the entire sales section and selected uh, every, everything that was in the sales, which was hundreds of items, pages and pages, hundreds of items in the sales section. And then what I did was I, I selected it lowest price upwards. So I got pages and pages of tat, basically. Absolute tat, starting from 10 pence upwards and going up. And I think I had about five or six pages with like 50 items a page before I even got to a pound. So this is, this is the dross they really can't shift. But it's wonderful to see what that mix of stuff actually is because it is so random. It's such a unique collection of absolute tat um, that it's you can, you find yourself scrolling down wondering what you're going to come up with next. It's, it's fascinating to see. And then you find yourself thinking, how have you even got this? Who's bought this? Who looked at this and thought, oh, that's something that would sell? And yes, there's the kind of, you know, calendars and this, that and the other, but and that's fine. But some of the other stuff that's mixed in is just unbelievable. So pick a website a bit like Sports Direct, somewhere that, that maybe is a little bit down market and would sell you where you're going to find a lot of ran, random stuff. And I know I've talked about the middle of the Aldi and the Little Owls and what you might find and how amazing it is and you find yourself you know coming home with something that really didn't think that you would ever see but kind of knew that you if it you know if it, if it appeared you'd probably buy it well sports direct is that but it off in a different orbit and i found myself clicking on things and putting them in the basket because i was like well it's only 20p and it looks awful but i just need to see what it's like because how can you know how can i not have or whatever it was. So um, if you get chance, Sports Direct's a reasonable example, but find somewhere that's got a clearance section from a store that's uh, that's an Uber size. And you could probably do it on something like Amazon. And just, But you've got to start lowest price upwards because then you really just get the nonsense they can't get rid of and they're desperately trying to shift that is just real, real unbelievable stuff. So that actually cheered me up no end. Uh, I found myself doing that today and it cheered me up no end. And if you need a moment to, to help get the strains and stresses of the week away, then that is a little tactic I would thoroughly recommend. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. Uh, I hope you're all well and keeping safe uh, and, and slowly easing yourself out of lockdown into a world that you're comfortable with. Uh, and I'll talk to you all next week. <laughs> therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production